we're not crazy, at least not clinically. I am crazy, but what a privilege to worship God. Man, as we were worshiping in that course that first time when I was worshiping, I was stomping my foot. And then Sister Julie started dancing, and she was, I felt like she was stomping the ground with me. There was, I felt like spiritually, she was, there was, I wasn't just stomping my foot to be stomping my foot. I felt like I was crushing some stuff underneath my feet. And when she started, when she, I felt like, man, she's, we're together in the spirit, whether she knows it or not. Here we go. And I, you know, there's a story in scripture where the prophet comes to the king laying on his bed, prophesies to him, and he gives him arrows looking out a window, and he says, take them and smite the ground. Some of you know this story. The prophet said, smite the ground. So the king, the Bible says, the king took the arrows, and he smote the ground three times. And the scripture says, and he stayed, or he stopped. And when he did, the prophet of the Lord became angry with him and said, Why did you stop? For if you would have continued, you would have utterly destroyed the enemy. And he named the enemy. He said, But because you've stayed your hand, you will only smite them three times. Sometimes you just quit too soon. Don't stop. And you know, you ever anybody ever kill a snake? Like five of us. I went to kill a snake one time in Arkansas. We don't have them as much here in Arkansas. You see snakes a lot. I went to kill this snake, and you kill it. In Arkansas, you kill a snake with either a hoe or a shovel. And so this snake was probably about yay long, probably a little over three feet. And uh, looked bigger to me. I was smaller. But I come around the corner of the house, and there's a snake right there. And, and we had a saying, the only good snake's a dead snake. And so uh, if you have a snake, I'm not opposing you, all right? I just... You know, um, before he did something to me, I was, you know, Scripture says the Lord crushed the serpent. Anyway, so here we go. So I come around this corner, and that snake's there, so I run back, and I get a hoe. And to kill a serpent, the best thing to do is take his head off. I'm not just talking right now. Kill a serpent, the best thing to do is take his head off. And so I had never seen a snake like this before. I did not realize that until I went to take his head off. I get this hoe and I go to hit his head. And this snake at the head and about that far behind his head, maybe not that far, probably a couple inches behind his head, that snake went flat like that. 
he spread out flat like a cobra's head on the ground. I'll never forget it. I could take you to the spot where it was. It scared me to death. I thought, this is honestly what I thought. There are cobras in Arkansas. It looked that way when his head went flat and he had these two dots on the back of it. I didn't realize the two dots were there until his head went flat. It tripped me out. I think I dropped the hoe. I mean, I hit him, but his head went flat. It didn't, it didn't, I mean, any other time, I'd been taught at a young age, take their head off, right? I'd never seen that in my life. I don't know if anybody else has ever seen a snake like that. I mean, literally, its head spread out and went flat. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I dropped the hoe, and I turned running, and my uncle got my uncle there. He comes out, and he, he finished what I could not. And I don't know the technical term for this snake, but my uncle called it. Get ready. This is a real Arkansas term, but this is what they call it. A spreading outer. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like an Arkansas term? Like, what kind of snake is that? Well, what it did, it's a spreading outer. <laughs> now, what's funny, some of y'all are going to go Google that later. Don't do it now. You're going to do it now and you'll get the official term, but I bet, you that la- I bet you that's in there. The enemy... There's times when you will go to destroy that which is trying to destroy you and bring harm to you. And sometimes what we do is we we play with it. We hit it three times and, okay, well, we think we took care of it. This is what the king did. He smote with the arrows three times and then he stayed. And the prophet of the Lord was angry. He said, you should have just continued until... He was what he was saying is, hey, I gave you a word from the Lord that if you would have, you should have responded with everything in you. This was the destruction of the enemy, but you were content to take a few blows and then be done. You should have not stopped. Sometimes in our spiritual walk with God, we are content to take a few blows and feel like, okay, I've subdued the thing. Now I'll go on. I feel something rising in my spirit that says we should lay hold on the promise of the Lord and we should utterly destroy that which would try to destroy us. I'm not talking about flesh and blood. You understand this. We do this through the work of the Spirit of God. We put some things under the blood. We say, no, I'm done just continually dealing with this. I am going to cut off the head. If you don't, it'll rise up again. If you don't, it will rise up again. Would you pray with me right now before we go any further?
The scripture says that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. This is the plan of the Lord. And the scripture declares plainly that the Lord Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of Satan. To destroy. As a child of God, washed in the blood and filled with the Spirit of God, we are not meant to just tolerate the adversary's efforts and attacks. We are meant to destroy that which would destroy us. I don't know if we're going to go where I thought we were going to go today. We had cats when I grew up. I won't tell you what I think about cats. We just had cats when I grew up. Cats served a purpose. They served a purpose. They served, and we had several because they took care of mice. And they took care of snakes, right? Didn't take care of that one, but they took care of snakes. This is what cats will do. Uh, understand it's God's order. And so they would take care of snakes and they would take care of mice. Why would they do that? Well, because that was their nature. God gave them that nature. And so they would take care of mice and snakes around the barn. And so we would always make sure that the cats could get inside the barn because the worst thing to do is go in the barn and get a bale of hay and there'd be a snake under it. That was never fun. And so, but sometimes we would watch a cat. Maybe some of you have seen this before. Anybody ever see a cat catch a mouse? A few of you. You ever see them catch the mouse and then play with it? I've seen that, and honestly, I'm like, I'm, start, I'm starting to feel sorry for the mouse. Does this make sense? I, I'm not going to get on all fours here. But we watch the, I watch it, they catch it, and they, you've seen this, you know what I'm talking about. I, this is for those of you that have never seen it, so you can get a picture in your mind. They'd catch the mouse, and then they'd, They'd almost sit back and lay down on their belly with all fours, and then they'd put their paw right on top of the mouse there. That'd be the mouse. And the mouse isn't quite out of his misery yet, and the cat will lift up his paw. Anybody witness this? Lift up his paw, and the mouse won't move for a second or two. But then the mouse is like, maybe this is freedom. And the mouse will try to make a move. And as soon as he does, the cat's like. Anybody witness that? No, I'm talking. Okay, I'm not making this up. Okay, good, good, good. And I'm what? And, and sometimes they'll knock him around. The mouse will go over and get away. And, and then the cat will go up. Paul, right? On. And I'm thinking, like I said, I start feeling sorry for the mouse. And I'm thinking, dude, just put him out of his misery. Now, I'm not trying to be graphic about animals this morning. You understand the point being made here. 
there were times I would be like, okay, I'll, I'll take the mouse. I'll, I'll finish what the cat has not finished. This is just un- this is cruel and unusual punishment. The cat's entertaining himself, but nobody else. Let's the, the mouse is done. We know the mouse is done, and let's just finish. I think sometimes I use that example because sometimes what we do is we. The Lord will give us a word or we have the word of God already for a matter. And he'll give us direction in our life regarding maybe there's something in our life that we're just we're navigating through, but we keep tolerating. Or God forbid, maybe there's sin that we keep opening the door to in our life. We think I'll get it under control. I'll get, and we're almost like that cat and mouse. We sort of take that mentality into our walk with God. Well, I'll just I'll beat it down, but I'm not gonna. I'm 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 gonna leave some life in it. We are meant. The Bible says, mortify the deeds of the body. You know what mortify means, don't you? Kill it. Mortify. That doesn't mean play with it, give it a little life, put it over here on a shelf and lock it in a box so that when, when it's time and convenient, you know, I'm not sure I want to completely be done with that. I want to leave room in case I want to feed my flesh again. But at least I got it under control. No, you don't. No, you don't. When you least suspect it, it will rear its head. And so there is an admonition from the Word of God. Through the Spirit, mortify the deeds of the body. It's in there. You've asked the question. I don't know why I keep struggling with this. I don't know why I can't get past this. I'll tell you why. You're not killing it. You're not killing it. You got to mortify it. You got to lay it on. I did not. I'll give you the notes that we were going to talk about later. You got to mortify some things. You have to put to death some things before you leave an open door. You leave an open door. It is one of the greatest deceptions of the adversary. It is this I can control it. I can manage it. No, you got to bring it to the altar, lay it at the foot of the cross, let the blood of Jesus, the work of the Spirit of God, destroy that thing that would destroy you. And you don't do that by playing cat and mouse and batting it around and going, we need to pray again right where you are. Come on, talk to the Lord, please. In the name of Jesus. You know, one of the greatest ways 
that the adversary keeps us in bondage and in condemnation is when we don't destroy those things that are warring against us. Because we don't have victory, we haven't defeated it, and so the adversary uses that to keep us walking in condemnation and thinking less of ourselves. I'm not talking about humility, which isn't thinking less of yourself, it's just not thinking of self at all. But we think we're less than because we continue to fall into this trap of this thing we haven't destroyed. God is greater. God has already done the work to destroy every work of the flesh. He's done the work to destroy every weapon of the adversary. I just have to purpose. I want it destroyed. I'm not interested in continuing to entertain it and open the door. Now, I hear some of you this morning, you're going, I want these things destroyed. I want them gone. I'm trying to close the door, but it doesn't seem to be working. So, okay, so let's talk about what the open doors might be. Is that all right? So what might the open door be? One of the biggest open doors is the unwillingness to be honest or dishonesty. It's an open door to the adversary. I understand there are things that we may face and deal with in our walk with God that this is what condemnation does. It brings us to a place of feeling ashamed. And so it doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to sit here, and now you get to come at your own leisure, and you come and you confess everything to me. No, 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 we're not. We, We confess to the Lord. But James did tell us to confess our faults one to another and pray for one another that we would be healed. That doesn't mean we go air out everything. We use wisdom. But there is power in accountability. So i got to close that door of, of secrecy that allows me to continue not being honest. You say, well, I'm honest about it. I talk to God about it. I'm very... Sometimes you need accountability. All the time we need accountability. We need accountability. And so I i got to close that door. What am I doing with accountability? I'm closing the door that causes me to continue to war against that area in my life that I want victory over. I, now, you might think this is strange. No, you won't. There are, there are some pastors, and I did not encourage this. I do not encourage this. I do not promote this. I do, this is just... Men that have a prayer life that have responded to God. I have, I have a pastor that calls me almost every week. And he calls me. He says, man, I, I, I felt like the Lord dealt with me, and I just want to stay accountable, and so I'm just going to call you. Every, I'm like, okay. And he misses a week here or there. I don't keep track of it. It's his thing, right? But rarely does he call that we don't end up in a flow of ministry that may last an hour or two. Accountability closes a door of access for those things that war against your spirit and your soul. So it's becoming honest with a brother, becoming honest with a sister, becoming honest with a spouse. Amen? 
We need accountability. Talk about closing doors to destroy some things. And not just hit it three times and hope it runs away and then know a few weeks later or a few months later it's going to come back and I'm going to deal with it again. Talking about utterly destroying some things by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. We're made to be conquerors. So you got to close the door of dishonesty. Have accountability with somebody. i tell you another door that you feel like, man, I just can't get past it, but this unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. If you hold on to unforgiveness or resentment or bitterness towards someone, it keeps a door open. It keeps the door open. You can't hold on to resentment, bitterness, or unforgiveness and think that it doesn't give the adversary room to come and attack. It leaves a door open. Why? Because unforgiveness is not of God. I'm supposed to forgive the same way God has forgiven me. I'm supposed to forgive the same way the Lord Jesus Christ has forgiven me. How did he forgive you and I? Well, let's take an account of all of your stuff. And then once you do this to make the first thing right, once you do this to make the second thing right, and once you do this to make the 2,000th thing right, and once you do this where all these mistakes and errors and failures and shortcomings of your life, once you make them all right, then the Lord Jesus will forgive you, right? No. How did he forgive us? Freely. Freely. Oh, because I deserved it. Anybody here deserved forgiveness? No. But he freely laid down his life to give forgiveness to you and I. You want to talk about a reason to have resentment. You want to talk about a reason to have bitterness. He died because of my mistake. Yes, he was nailed to a cross because of my failure, my sin, my shortcoming. You want to talk about having a reason to harbor some bitterness? If anybody has a reason, God does. But he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And therefore, he was willing to pay the price so that you and I could be free from sin. And I am told... Not ask. I'm told by him to forgive the same way he forgave. I'm not telling you that's easy. But I'm telling you it's vitally necessary to close the door through which the adversary continues to have advantage. You got to close the door. You got to close the door. You got to close the door. Pray with me again. We're going to go just a little bit further. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if you want victory over things that seems like you just continue to war, I believe the Holy Ghost would give you victory today. We are meant to be more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
through him that loved us. Come on, you are loved and you are made to be more than a conqueror through him that loved you. He loves you. He loves you. He wants you to walk in the victory and the power of his love. You're not meant to live in condemnation. In the name of Jesus. So unforgiveness. So you got to... You got to forgive. You got to take it to the Lord again and again. And I can tell you there's been things in my life along the journey of years that forgiveness was not an instant thing for me. I had to go back to an altar again and pray and release it and forgive again. And, and I, 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 okay, I've dealt, but then it would seem to rise up in my heart and my mind and I, something would come up and I could, oh, oh, you know, if I haven't dealt with that, that still affects how I think and how I feel about them or it or the, right? And so I'm like, nope, I got to go back. God, I want you to dig in that area of my life again. I, I don't want anything in there, Lord. I don't want anything in there. So, please, are you hearing this morning? I'm not trying to belabor a point. I, I don't want anything in there, God. I want, I want my heart empty of all of that. I want my spirit clean of all of that. I want my mind clean of all of that. And so I recognize I, I, I have emotion. And so because I recognize now how that makes me feel, I reckon, hold on, that, that feeling's not you, God. And so that tells me there's something there that I haven't dealt with yet or I haven't let you have access to yet, God. And I'm wanting you to reach in. The, the anger that rises up in me towards them or that situation, the element that comes in my thoughts, the criticism that comes of my mouth in that moment because of that it tells me those are indicators that I haven't yet let him have every bit of it. God, I'm talking about closing doors today. You are meant to walk in victory in every area of your life as a child of God. It's time to say you no longer get advantage over me, adversary. It's under the blood. It's under his feet. I'm taking these things and I'm bringing them to the Lord. I'm laying them on the altar. I'm not just smiting the ground three times. I'm warring until. And so I must be willing to forgive. And so it takes time. Like I said someday, there are things in my life that it took me. It took me 21 years to forgive. That's because I kept learning about forgiveness. I kept learning that, okay, there's more layers there. I kept learning that. And God is patient. God is merciful. God is kind. And he loved me through it and loved me to it and brought me to a place where I can remember the day at 26 years old, this one element. I can remember the place, the room that I, I remember it. And the Lord reached into my spirit. January 1997, Stockton Convention Center. I remember it. He reached into my spirit and he reached to that one place I had not completely released. And I'm telling you, when he did, it felt like I was living 21 years of emotions again. And it caught me so by surprise. I thought, no, 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 I've dealt with that. But all the emotion that rose in my spirit told me, no, I haven't. Yeah. 
It felt like a spotlight was shining on my life, and there's 2,000 people in the room, and I'm in the middle there just praying. Not bad. It felt like everything that was in me was exposed. All this unforgiveness I was holding to was Now, I knew it wasn't, but it sure felt that way. God was so infinitely merciful, and his love was saying, I'm coming right now. I'm going to deal with this thing right now if you'll let me. I'm shining a light on it right now if you'll let me. I'm bringing it to the forefront of your spirit right now if you'll let me deal with it. And I knew in that moment, I'm either going to let him deal with it, I'm going to release it to him, and I'm going to truly release and forgive, or I'm going to do what I realized in that moment I had been doing for years. I'm going to control it. I'm going to press it down. I'm going to hang on to it. I'm going to just, I'm going to get it under control. I'm going to pull myself back together and just go on. I'm going to manage it. In that moment, I decided, Sister Julie, Brother Lewis, I'm so tired of managing it. This has worn me out. And I'm not living the rest of my life with it. And by the grace of God alone, I released it. He healed my heart. He healed my mind. He healed relationships in my life. It began to change my marriage, and I'd been married already for five years. But that thing had affected every relationship in my life. It changed my ministry that God operates through my life. You got to close the door. You got to close the door. Hmm. Can I tell you that experience in and of itself? It, it had such an impact on my life because of what I'd carried for 21 years. It had such an impact on my life when I realized that I hadn't dealt with it. And the freedom that came when I did. That now, anytime something came that would try to offend me or get me to be resentful or I'd, I'd recognize bitterness rising about something different. I'm not saying the same thing. When it would come, there was such a readiness in my spirit to immediately go, oh, I ain't taking hold of that. Oh, no, I'm not harboring that. God bless them, help them, I love them. I'm sure they meant well. I'm not, I didn't want to let anything else there ever again. I can't tell you I've been successful with that. There's some things I've had to deal with since then that took a few. But I'm talking about closing doors to defeat that which would try to destroy you. Make no mistake about it. The adversary has no mercy, he is not merciful. And so as long as you're giving the adversary avenue, he's going to seek to destroy you. He's not seeking to just, it's not the cat and the mouse flip the roll there. It's not the cat and the mouse and like, oh, ultimately I'm going to just let him go. And we'll see. No, no, no. Matter of fact, it's not the cat and the mouse at all. 
if the adversary could, he would have already destroyed you. You understand this? If he could have, he would have already destroyed you. Do you think the adversary wanted to let Job live? Of course he didn't. And the Lord knew he didn't. That's why the Lord said you can't touch him. You can touch all this stuff, but you can't touch him. And then the adversary comes back again the second time and says, well, if you'll move your hand against him, and you know, you, then he'll curse you to your face. And the Lord says, okay, you can do all this too, except for his life. Can't take his life. You think God's any different with you? If the adversary could destroy you, he would have already done that. He doesn't have mercy. He doesn't give mercy to you so that you can make it a little longer until he destroys you. If the adversary could come and take your life, you would not be sitting here this morning. He would have already done it. But God, who is rich in mercy toward us, has preserved you and preserved me, and he would desire us to walk in victory so we are used fully and completely for his purpose and his plan. And so you got to close some doors. You got to destroy some things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm sure there's many more doors. I didn't come planning and talk about this this morning, or I'd have a nice outline for you. Let me give you one more door and we'll finish here. That filled keeps coming back into my spirit here. I'm going to call it the door of justification. I don't mean being justified by the Lord Jesus. That we want. I'm talking about justification where I continue to justify me doing what I'm doing or engaging in what I'm engaging in or why I'm like this, justification. It's an open door. You realize it's the other side of dishonest, of honesty. I'm not being honest with myself. I'm justifying this. Justification of that which the Lord would destroy. As I continue to justify it, I keep the door open. Sooner or later, i got to come and say, no, no, this is not of God. This is not of his word. This is not of his spirit. This is not, if I love him, I'm going to keep his commandment. His word is clear to me in this regard. I know that God does not intend for me to be in bondage or be afflicted by this thing, and therefore I bring it to God. I'll not justify it. I'll not give reasons why. I'm going to destroy it by the power of the spirit and word of God working in and through my life. I'm closing the door. I'm closing the door. Just stand with me this morning. You know, the I've made this statement a couple of times, but I can't emphasize it enough. 
the Lord Jesus Christ intends for you and I to walk in victory. Not just with victory, in victory. To where wherever we go, whatever we do, wherever we live, daily walking, in my home, in my marriage, as a parent, in my role on the job, in the, everywhere I go, God intends for you and I to walk in victory. That doesn't mean you won't have bad days. It doesn't mean stuff won't happen. It just means I understand. Hold on a minute. Stuff will happen, but that doesn't change the fact that I am victorious. God intends for you and I to live and walk in dominion over sin in our life. Read the scripture. Sin shall not have dominion over you. This is the word of the Lord. You say, well, that must just apply to... No, no, no. That applies to every born-again, spirit-filled child of God. Sin shall not have dominion over you. So if sin has dominion in your life, it's because you've kept a door open. You understand the love of God that's reaching to us this morning. He's not condemning us. The love of God is reaching to where we are, saying, I'm, I'm not picking on Brother Bell here. He's just here, so I'm putting my hand here. I don't want to say, uh-oh, he's got something. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. The love of God is reaching to us and saying, aren't you tired of fighting that? Why don't you simply destroy it? Not in your human ability, by the power of the blood, the power of the word, and the power of his spirit. Now, here's the thing. All you're doing is entering into what Jesus has already done. When you ask for forgiveness, you are receiving what Jesus has already done. You believe that? He died. He shed his blood. He's already done that. I know many of you know this. You're not getting him to do something that he hasn't done yet. You're simply entering into and receiving what he's already done in your life. The same with healing. With his stripes, we are healed. He's not getting stripes again today if you need healing today. He already took the stripes, so you are entering into what he's already done. Healing, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. You enter into what he's already done. And so it is when you walk and destroy the works of the adversary that would try to destroy you. The Bible says he came, I quoted this already, he came to destroy the works of Satan. You understand, he was successful in that. He was successful in that at Calvary. The issue is whether I choose to yield to and submit to and receive what he's already done or if I choose to give dominion back to the adversary and let him have dominion that God has already destroyed. And so when you step today, you're saying, God, by your grace, I'm closing the door and I'm walking in the dominion you've given me. In Jesus' name. 
I'm opening this altar to you. I know the word and the spirit of God has reached into different lives today. Please do not wait for someone else. Please do not wait and respond to the Lord and be honest before him this morning and come knowing I'm, I'm going to close some doors. And then once you close doors, begin to walk in victory. Let the vic- well, We're starting with places of repentance and forgiveness. But I'm telling you what happened is as we move from repentance and forgiveness, there will be a turn to victory. Come on, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Open before the Lord. Accountable before the Lord. Honest before the Lord. Here. Come on, be very real with him. Be very clear with him. Come on, speak honestly. Not just tears, not just thoughts, but honest and open expression between you and the Lord about whatever he's brought to the surface in your life through his word today. Open and honest expression with the Lord. Please. This is so critical for the go forward. Open and honest expression. Speak it out. Declare it. Lord, I bring this to you. You've died for me. You shed blood to cover this. You paid the price for this. I bring it today that it might be destroyed and no longer have dominion in my life. This door that I'm open and then name it. If the Lord through his word revealed something to you, then name it. God, this door, give me grace to close it today. I forgive that person that hurt me. I forgive that offense that I've been holding on to. I forgive that resentment and bitterness. Come on, you got to speak these things and release them to the Lord in faith and let the Spirit of God and the Word of God, let the balm of Gilead begin to wash over the blood of the Lamb reaching in. Come on, it's a different day. It's a different day. It's a different day. You do not have to walk out like you walked in. You do not have to walk out of here the same way you walked in. But the power of the Lord Jesus, His blood and His Word and His Spirit working in this room. Jesus, in Your name, I pray healing of the mind. I pray healing of the body. I pray healing of the spirit. I pray healing of the soul. In the name of Jesus Christ, by your blood, by your word, by your spirit, reach into the souls of men and women this morning. Reach in, I pray. Let the conviction of the word and the love of God reach into the heart. Hallelujah. Come on, be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Be sensitive to the Holy Ghost.
In the name of Jesus. 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 you Jesus we worship you Jesus we worship you Jesus hallelujah you have defeated death hell and the grave you are victorious and we worship you our King and our Lord hallelujah 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know some of you are done, but I feel like some of you are still just still smiting arrows on the ground. And you're like, I'm not quitting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, if you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the scripture declares in Romans 5 and 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which he has given us. of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost which is given us. You understand that the most powerful force on this earth is the love of God. It is the love of God that destroys the voice of condemnation. I can't stand in condemnation because I know he loves me. And so when the adversary brings an accusing voice, a lying voice, I know, oh, hold on a minute. He loves me. And his love is shed abroad in my heart. And because he loves me, I love him. And so I walk in his commandments. Mm. Mm. 
we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. You're our victor. You're our healer. You're our deliverer. You have delivered us from all the works of the atmosphere. You have delivered us. You have healed us. You have gathered us together unto yourself from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. You have made us new in you, Lord Jesus Christ. fill your mouth. Let praise fill your mouth. It's a cry of the Spirit. Scripture speaks in Revelation to the churches of a door that he closes that men cannot open. I know we talk about doors he opens, and we should. And we, it was declared to us, he's set before us an open door that we have to walk through. 
But we need to know also just as assuredly he can close doors by his spirit that men cannot open. There is a sovereign work of the Spirit of God that has and is taking place here. It is a work of His Spirit. It's, it's not a work of men. It is the Spirit of God that for many of you today has reached into places in your life. Walking. He didn't reach in to do to make you feel a little better today. You understand. His purpose was to reach in to heal, to make whole, to restore he restoreth the soul that tells me it's possible for the soul to need restoring for some of you this morning I felt the spirit of God in prayer restoring your soul he does this he restores the soul. That's the seat of emotion, you understand. The thing that affects how we feel. and all, He restores that. He's a restorer. He restores the paths to dwell in. He's a restorer. He restores years, the Bible says in Joel 2. He's a restorer. Years that the cankerworm, the palmer worm, the caterpillar, the great army that, he, that they've stolen, he restores. He doesn't just restore what they took, he restores the years that were lost as a result of what they took. The scripture literally says, He will restore the years. So when he heals that place, I know it for my, when you heard me start, I said 21 years I dealt with something to heal me. He did not just heal me that day when I was, he went through those 21 years and he restored that which I lost during that time because I was not whole. I'm telling you, he's a restorer. The hurt that came years ago when he heals you, he restores all that you've dealt with through that. That which feels like it was so lost because of it. So you don't have to walk in the shame or the fear any longer. He restores the years. Come on, let him restore. Let restoration come in right now. Let restoration come in right now in Jesus' name. I feel this so clearly in the Holy Ghost right now. Let restoration come in right now in Jesus' name. Let restoration come in in Jesus' name. Come on, the restorer is here. He's here. Let restoration. Come on, let it flow into your spirit. Come on, let it flow into your spirit. Let restoration flow in. Restoring of you.
on what you feel is a restorative love of God. He's restoring. Let him restore. Let him restore. Let him restore. He doesn't just restore you. All those connected to you. There comes a restoration in your family. There comes a restoration in your children. There comes a restoration in your home. Come on. Ah, the restorer is born. Thank you for restoring, Lord. Oh, and you didn't even realize what you were missing. But you're going to walk out of here today and you're going to recognize something's different. I'll tell you what. He's restored what was missing.
If you need to go, please feel free to do so this morning. If you need to go, please feel free. God bless you.